0: My name is Mark Madison and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Tommy Mello is the founder of A1 Garage Doors, 50 million dollar home service business and he created the home service expert to share his knowledge with other entrepreneurs through his podcast book and blog so they can grow their business just like he did good morning this is mark madison on books and people today i'm so excited to have uh, as our guest tommy Mello. tommy how are you this morning i'm doing
1: amazing it's a great morning here in arizona and what part of arizona are you in I'm in Phoenix. I'm uh, not too far from downtown, close to the airport, actually. Okay. And it's toasty? It's not too bad, actually. But, you know, we've had a lot of humidity lately. Lots of rain. The worst rain. I've had three different buildings I own leak. Um, an apartment complex, a house, and uh, my building.
0: <laughs> so well, that's when you find out if your roof's and in, has integrity is when it rains. And, of course, we get a lot of that up here, but you guys not so much down there. Yeah, but things are great, ma'am. No complaints. I'm glad to hear that. Now, I was trying to remember when was I on your podcast. Was it a year ago? Yeah, a little over a year, I think. Now, how did you come to find me? I, I forget. I mean, it's I'm old, so uh, you know,
1: you know, memory's not as good. I don't remember as used to be. exactly how I ran into it, but you know, I usually what I do is when someone impacts me. I mean, I think I'm on 240. My 240 episode. Um, but I'll get a hold of my team and then they do all the heavy lifting, but uh, you know, it's uh, if I had a, I think I need to take like some ginkgo biloba because my memory is just not what it used to be. (laughs) I understand.
0: Well, uh, that was fun. And I remember having a great time and uh, I pulled up your website and kind of prepare for today. And so I know a little bit of your story, but I want to hear the backstory, the origin story. How did you get started in the home services business?
1: So I, um, I, you know, I'm from Michigan, so I mowed lawns and shoveled snow the, the day I was able to hold a shovel in my arm. So that's, that's how we got started. Me and my best friend Elliot started E and T landscaping and just mowed the neighbor's lawns all around the, the, the city. And, um, wasn't really big. We had about 20 clients. So we switched to snow in the winter and, uh, so knowing landscaping, it's what you one of the only things you can do when you're young. I, when I moved out to Arizona, I was 16. I started a landscaping company, and uh, you know, it was I was I'm allergic to lawn, so I'm allergic to grass, <laughs> and uh, not the best career for for someone that's allergic to grass. It's a great career for a lot of people, and then um, one day my buddy got a job at a garage door company answering phones, and he. He called me up about a year into the job and he said, Listen, we need help painting doors, and you're the most money hungry go getter I know. It pays pretty good. It's a hundred bucks a door, and I bet you could do it several a day. So I hired a guy off of a Craigslist. He taught me how to paint three of them, and I told him, Here's the deal. I'll even pay you an extra hundred on top of the hundred to teach me. He goes, Sure, that's fine, dude. I'll do that. You're a young guy. I'll do you a favor in life. So he taught me how to paint. I got to the point where I was painting 10 to 12 a day. And I was meeting these garage door guys. They were telling me about their days. And I said, maybe there's something here. So I started a business with another one of my buddies um, in 2006 and seven, and then um, ended up buying him out in 2010. Uh, the real truth is I took on the debt. I didn't really buy him out. I just, we had uh, $50,000 in debt at the time. And I said, I'll just take on the debt or you can take on the debt. What do you want to do? And he says, look, I, I want to move to uh, Montana. I'm not, I'm not like in the weather in Arizona and I got family there. So we're still best friends, but, um, but that's how it all goes.
0: I'll be darned. Now, do you guys, are you familiar with Clopay? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're one of my main vendors. Uh huh? Yeah. I'm speaking at their conference in October and November.
1: I'll probably. I don't know if I'll be at these. I might be at these conferences. That's usually I'm invited. Um, We sell other brands too, so they don't really like me, but I, I've got other trophies everywhere in my office. <laughs> well, I'm speaking
0: at the owner's one in November, so I'll probably see you there. Okay, perfect.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: So you built a $50 million business. Tell us about that. I mean, that's that's quite a jump from painting doors to, uh, uh, to that kind of success. Walk us through the story.
1: Well, so I painted garage doors. I've made every mistake in the book. That's my best answer. I wake up in the morning. I I learned it how to be a reader. My CPA one day, 2008, I met him. He says, dude, you are so exciting to watch. You've got high energy. You're passionate. You smile all the time. He goes, tell me about the books you read. And I'm like, well, I read uh, Lord of the flies, um, (laughs) you know, and I'm talking about my, uh, my high school books. And he's like, well, what other books? And I'm like, well, I've read passages of the Bible. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, dude, he's like, you mean to tell me you're not reading any of these great business books and you're in business? I said, well, like what? He goes, well, he grabs one off the shelf. He goes, here's going to be the first book you read. You bring this back to me when you're done. And uh, I've got a copy right here actually signed by Michael Gerber, but you hear this a lot. I'm sure the E-Myth, Yeah. Uh, Revisited. Uh, I've got the original one because he was in my office. So I read the E-Myth. I brought it back to him. And uh, he said, here's the next book. It's called The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. We call it The Red Bible. I got, I was like a little girl. I was giddy. I was like, dude, give it to me. And so I just flew through this book. You know, I wasn't the best reader, but I started reading a lot. And then he read, then he, I got back and I said, give me more. And he gave me The Richest Man in Babylon ah george Clayson. yeah you know and and now i got a million on my desk here but but you know i'll tell you i think i think the secret that of my success is i'm trying to be the dumbest guy in the room this weekend i was at a mastermind you got to pay a hundred thousand dollars a year to be in and there's only if you're a hundred million dollars this year i'm on pace to do over 80 if i get a couple of these letter of intent through i'll do a hundred but i know one of the the financial advisors in there very, very well. And he spoke highly of me. So they let me in and uh, you know, I got to hang out with billionaires. All these guys have private jets and I just, I just shut up and took a lot of notes and right. they said, tell me about your customer journey. Tell me what happens after you sell to them. Tell me why they're going to keep coming back because what you want is service agreements. And I'm the only ho- home service guy there, by the way, I right. do know a hundred Multi-millionaire billionaires. I'm the only home service guy. So, you know, a lot of people would be like, man, you're really out of place. I'm like, no, I'm not. This is perfect. This is perfect. I'm the only guy here learning all about how to become number one of micro influencers, learning how to get reoccurring income coming and learning how to get higher multiples of EBITDA, how to get a private jet for free because of the write-offs and the things in Delaware I'm learning about and all these trusts and these crazy things And I'm just, I'm fascinated, I'm excited, I'm energetic. And I think that's the secret sauce, Mark, is that I just, I'm the dumbest guy in the room as much as possible. I'm not afraid to fail. And I'm always constantly trying to perfect and get better. Um, And those are the secrets, I think.
0: You just, you said something fascinating. I just sat back and listened. When everyone else in the room is, richer and smarter than you that's probably a pretty good idea
1: i i thought so
0: <laughs> so you talk about my favorite subject books what other books
1: lit your fire okay so my good friend alan Rohr wrote a book how much should i charge right and i don't think anybody charges enough money um dale carnegie he's you know how to win friends and influence people yeah I spoke at this event by Cody Bateman and uh, send out cards and I was sitting there. I have a book called the home service millionaire and I'm sitting next to this guy and he wrote this little tiny book. It's, it's like 60 pages. It's tiny. It's a quick read. You can read it on an hour airplane. It's called go for no. Yes is a destination. No is how you get there by Richard Fenton uh, and Andrea Waltz. And I had Andrea on my podcast and I'm telling you, it's a little lesson, but it's, it's a great lesson. Um, I just, the automatic customer I thought was amazing. Um, I had John on the podcast, Profit First, Michael Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that their business keeps feeding them and will continue to feed them if they reinvest into it. I think the biggest thing for entrepreneurs like myself is we go, oh my God, Bitcoin, oh my God, real estate. Maybe we should open up a bar and we get all these ideas. But we never feed the the beast that keeps feeding us. And uh, like I said, I I, I took my, my uh, well, I just had a protein shake. But I, I do have a lot of energy. I'll tell you that. And I, I am focused. I got to focus my energy. But I realize most of the time I have the most energy in the room. And I got to just breathe and slow down and, and pay attention. Right.
0: Well, the passion's there. I can hear it. Uh... And, you know, you'll be the same person in five years, except for two things, the books you read and the people you associate with. And the fact that you join this mastermind group and you're a voracious reader, there's there's no limit. The sky's the limit for you, my friend. Uh, so you wrote a book called The Home Service Millionaire. Tell us about that.
1: So yeah, The Home Service Millionaire, uh, a couple, that was probably three years old. how so I went to 50000 in debt, so over a $30 million company. And I wrote the book and I've got the original sitting on my shelf and I was doing the podcast at the time. And I let Al Levy, who wrote an amazing book called The Seven Power Contractor, uh, highly recommend that book before you go on and, and speak to Clope because it kind of goes through the pillars and the powers of home service. But uh, I uh, I wrote the book. I put a lot of things in there that I felt like people need to understand is you know, Simon Sinek, How to Find Your Why. And I took a look, my ideas are not unique. Some things I feel like they are, but someone had wrote about them or thought about them at some point. So um, I took a culmination of a lot of things and Al read it and he said, it's okay, I like it, but it needs more. So I said, okay, I'm the type of guy that stacks a deck. So I got Al Levy to put a little section in manuals. I got Alan Rohr to talk about financing. I got the CEO uh, of a $12 billion CRM service telling to talk about CRMs. I got the COO of Home Advisor to talk about lead gen. I got uh, a guy who has 15,000 service agreements, Jamie Domenico, to talk about service agreements. I got a guy that's sold over 300 businesses to, to talk about how to sell a business that's worth something to get the best multiples, Brian nice. Cohen. And I think I got 12 co authors total. And uh, we stacked the deck in the book, man. I got to tell you, it was, it was, I was more just, kind of in between all these amazing people. So I think that's the genius of the book is um, I'm not the highlight. I went to everybody who's smarter than me once again and said, who's the expert at one thing, who's the best at it. Right. And uh, got them to put that in the book.
0: That's so great. You're leveraging other people's intellectual capital. And And adding me, which is great. Well, and so you've got the book and you've got a podcast. How does someone subscribe to the podcast and how does somebody get your book?
1: So the podcast is all over every site, in, uh, the Apple. Um, it's the home service expert. You know, we, we're focusing on really growing that. Um, and, and, you know, I got to tell you, the podcast was literally with no purpose except to share the story and talk to amazing, smart people that might charge me. an hour that make a hundred thousand dollars for a speaking engagement. I said, if I can make this thing big and share the wealth of knowledge, I'll get free coaching as well. (laughs) So hey, why do you think I do this? Same thing. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, And you
0: know, I've been speaking for 25 years and I got to tell you, the people I've met, not just celebrities, those are nice. Like guys like magic Johnson, but it's, it's the, incredibly smart people. I get to sit in the green room with you you may or may not have heard of Sharon Roberts, but she wrote a book called selling to women. And she said in that, but it's 85 pages. I read it in one sitting and I gave her a copy of my book and she gave me a copy of hers. And I sat down and I read it and 85% of the buying decisions in, in the home are made by the woman. That's not a big surprise to anybody, but nobody ever said that. I never heard anybody say that out loud. Right. And it, it, What a gift to be able to stumble on people who are super smart, who have had a tremendous amount of success. I think one of the keys to making your book great was you had the courage. You're not afraid to ask people to help you. Isn't that amazing that people don't do that? They don't pick up the the phone and say, hey, yeah, go ahead. And they'll pick up the phone and say, Hey, can you help me with this? I I'd love to, how you I'd love to learn how you got 15,000 service agreements.
1: And, you know, they're glad to do it. And I come from a spot of humble, actually appreciation to say, listen, uh, I had a guy just the other day. I was, uh, I was at a company called service champions. Uh, Leland Smith is the guy's name. They're they're going to do a little over 400 million this year. Cause they're going out and, and rolling up companies. And he said, Tommy, he gave me a book called Double Your Profit in Six Months or Less by Bob Pfeiffer, written in the 90s. And he said, this one book changed my effing life, is what he said. He goes, <laughs> when I came back from reading this book over the weekend, I let go of eight people. And he invited me to see his place. And I went there with one of my colleagues. and We went through every single department. And I must have took of spiral notebook of notes. And yeah. I've already got three phone calls to the managers to meet some of my staff because I'm just flabbergasted by the customer journey and what they've learned. And, uh, you know, he's been doing this 40 years and he says to me, Tommy, I'm not lucky. I come in here, I'll be here Saturday for eight hours. i here on Sunday. My wife knows I come in here on Sundays for 40 years straight. If you work seven days a week, and you put in 60 to 70 hours, I promise you, it's not luck. And and, and Bill, uh, oh, man, Bill, uh, you know, Microsoft, Bill, uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, Jesus, brain fart. He said, don't think about what you could do in a year because too many people overestimate what they could do in one year, but they underestimate what they could do in 10 years. And I love that because, hmm. you know, this business has been, I think I could get here a lot quicker because of the mistakes I've made and the things I've learned, but I got to tell you, you know, that's going to, if we get darn near hundred million this year, I know, I know I could get to the 250 million next year. And the reason why is we're creating a network in the garage door industry. It's going to be the best network there's ever been because it's not all about the crap. It's about making customers happy. More importantly, making internal customers happy, our employees, Right. It's about how to recruit, how to train, how to run a CRM, how to go about bookkeeping and have the right chart of accounts and use the right things like Expensify. And we're teaching these businesses. And the thing is, I'm going to tell these guys straight up and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell them, listen, you got one opportunity in the next 18 months to come into my company before we take on a partner, maybe private equity, maybe do a SPAC. But if you guys want to be involved, you guys will make more money than ever. Now, here's one thing I will warn you is cars are gonna start driving themselves. They already are. The garage door will not be needed. And I've got a lot of professionals that'll explain that to you at this conference that I'm doing. And I also wanna throw another thing out there is that the economy will not be this strong. The the interest rates cannot stay this low forever. And if you guys think that you're gonna wait, I promise you, no one expected COVID. Now we got lucky because we're considered essential. But if the economy shuts down, you guys are going to be ending up with nothing. So I've got a pretty good plan and I've got a pretty compelling. And I've got a lot of listeners to my podcast that believe in what we're doing that are garage door companies. And I've already got a dozen of them that want to join with what we're doing. But I'm trying to get us several hundred garage door companies in. I didn't realize that Clopay's convention was this November. What, what days are you going to be there? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't I to pull that up. Let's see.
0: Uh, November 28, 29, and 30.
1: Good. It's not when my days are, my little thing. Um, I'll definitely, if you're going to be there, uh, I I think they'll allow allow me to go out there. We're we're one of their, we've got one of the highest spends with them, but they like to say, do you spend more than 90% of your new door spent with us? And there's a new CEO um, and I really enjoy their company. I've been out to the CLC several times and I've learned a lot. One day we were out there with uh, Rodney Webb and he was talking about sales and I just fascinating stuff. Um, But yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do something really special in this industry. And um, I'm just, I'm just ready because I watch it happen in HVAC, plumbing, electrical, I'm seeing it happen in other industries. They say it can't happen in our industry. And I'm here to tell everybody it's going to happen. I'm stacking the deck. Most people don't realize, Mark, is how important the team is, especially the executive team and helping to pick the rest of the team and the culture. I used to hate that word culture. And now I'm like obsessed with it.
0: No, it's uh, something you create. And, And you create culture based on habits, attitude, and compensation systems. And when I say compensation, I don't mean money, but it's money. That's a part of it, but it's praise and acknowledgement and recognition. Uh, you know, it's the window in the mirror, right? When it comes time to take the blame, you look in the mirror. When it comes time to take the credit, you give it away. And great leaders understand that. And they recognize
1: and appreciate their employees. It's They're everything. They're, they're everything. And right now, no one can get employees and Mark, but right now I have 22 guys here. Next next month, I'll have 28 technicians training from 19 states. We're in, and, and when I have my thing in November, the beginning of November, I'll have 50 technicians training, which means I need 20 CSRs and 12 dispatchers to keep up. And people say that's impossible. There's no way. We could barely get two guys a, a quarter. And I said, listen, I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, we've got a whole recruiting department. We check their backgrounds, drug tests, all that's great, but we check their social media. We ask them what they want out of life. We ask them how close are they to their, their siblings and their, their mom and dad, and, and what do they want out of life, and they looking to buy a house in the future, and, and there's this book I just pulled off my shelf. It's called Money is an Everything, 1,501 Ways to Reward Employees, Low-Cost and No-Cost Ideas, Best Practices, Latest trends, Proven Strategies by Bob Nelson. I
0: read his first book. I've got it on my shelf.
1: See, This is the kind of stuff I love these podcasts where we can just share the books, the knowledge, because that's everything. Um, I got a couple of books I wrote down that I just, I read this one last, I listened to the book on when I was driving home, it's called never lose a customer again by Joey Coleman. And it's absolutely fascinating. It's so freaking awesome. And then they ask you answer by Marcus shared and I had him on my podcast, but it's really all about taking care of your customers. But I, I kind of, I'm throwing something on this whole thing, man. I, I'm telling everybody your customers are awesome. They're great. I love customers, but I, you know, I love more than my customers are my internal customers. Yeah. Because they go out and they find more customers. They get five-star reviews. They, they take care. They'll answer the call for me at night. If I need them, I don't expect them to leave their families, but at least they can take a phone call they're, they're easy to get along with. And a lot of times we get stuck with top producers that are just really bad for the culture. And, and everybody goes, man, why do you let that guy dictate everything? Why do you let that that gal do that? And, and a lot of times we just say because they're producing for us. And it's just, it's, it's toxic. And I've just learned so much by literally being in the midst of all the mistakes. <laughs> I'm literally speaking from experience. So.
0: Well, I have an expression, help them grow or let them go. I like that. You give them a chance to change their behavior. You call them on it. You tell them, what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. And then you give them the training they need and you help them grow or you let them go. And, you know, not everybody's gonna shift gears and change,
1: but it only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch. And nobody understands that. That, that, that was an old cliche when I was a kid, I heard that. And now I believe it. You're only as strong as your weakest link too. Right. I mean, those things came up for a reason. Well, they're,
0: they're aphorisms, they're maxims, they're proverbs. You know, they're timeless. You know, it's like I never understood the phrase, no good deed goes unpunished. And I never, I all thought that it didn't make sense. But what it's what it's saying is, and it's a proverb, it's it's like gravity. You know, it's a law. You know, you step off a 25-story building, you're gonna fall 32 feet per second until you're introduced to another law, deceleration trauma. Right. And so no good deed goes unpunished means there's gonna come a time from time to time where you've helped and been kind to somebody for a long time, and then they turn around. And they, you know, they betray you. It's going to happen. It doesn't happen very often. It's the exception, not the rule. But there's a reason that phrase exists.
1: It's timeless. Yeah, you know, there was something that's interesting the other day. I saw on social media, and it, it had "Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater." Well, in the, I think it was the 1500s. Yes. That the so men then then the 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 sons then the mom, then the the, the, the baby the daughter, girls, yeah. then the babies. The babies were the last ones to take a bath in this old bath water. And a lot of times <laughs> they throw the baby out with the bath water. There was all, it's raining cats and dogs happen because the cats and dogs would literally be on top of the farm. And when it rained, they would get wet and they'd fall through. And there's all these expressions that I had no idea why they carry flowers. Why do uh, brides carry flowers is because they smelled so bad that the flowers would help them smell good on their wedding day. Yeah,
0: don't even look up uh, rule of thumb. That one's just painful. (laughs) No, you could in the 14th century in England, you could beat your wife with anything as long as it wasn't wider than your thumb. I mean, that's just awful. That's terrible. That's horrible. But that was the rule, the rule of thumb. Because by God, if you do that, you're going to jail. I mean, yeah, there's a reason they're there, but it is fascinating where the, the genesis of some of those that terminology. I have a book like that too. It explains demystifies all those all those proverbs. So who who were your mentors early on? Who who had a profound effect on who you became?
1: Um there's so many of them, but, but, you know, when Al Levy and I got to bring him back because Al, Al walked it, my dad has been a huge part of my life and I got to say, I love him. He's really helped me out. He ran a transmission shop and owned a transmission shop. And then, you know, well, I'll tell you the story about my dad is, um, couldn't have been much more than four or five years old. And we used to have a garage sales there once a month or something just after church. And he'd take me back out and, um we went to this garage sale and I'm looking all around the garage sale and um, I'm just very nosy. And uh, I finally found found this thing I loved. It was probably a 1985 CB radio, probably a 1975 because if I was only five, I was was late eighties. So probably 1975 CB radio. And man, I took this antenna; It must've been four feet tall and it's got the hand mic and it, and uh, my dad just sees me. He's like, All right, Tommy, we got to go. And I put the antenna down, walking back to the car. And it was, it was felt like a forever walk. And we get to the car and I'm getting in the passenger seat. And he walks back out of the driver's seat and he says, hey, hey, look at me real quick. And I look up at him and he says, Do you want that CB radio? I said, I, I really, Dad, yes, I love it. He goes, Well, listen to me. He goes, Go get it. Here's five bucks. And I look at him and I go, dad, it's $20. The tag said 20. He goes, I know, I saw the tag. He goes, I want you to look at her dead in the eyes and I want you to ask her if she'll take $5. And I know it's going to be embarrassing for you, but I want you to point back at me. <laughs> and I remember it was like the walk of shame, man. I'm barely walking, I'm going slow. And a lady walks up and says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, man, uh, I'm really sorry to even ask this of you, but my dad over there, my dad's waving. He's waving like crazy with a big smile on his face. He gave me $5 and I was wondering if you'd take that for the CB radio. And she goes, absolutely. And man, I remember just right then I learned how to negotiate. And she got down on her knee and handed it to me. Like it's the most prized possession I've ever owned. And I took it back. It didn't, I love that radio, man. I played with it for years, but that lesson I'll never forget. And, you know, it's, it's it's my loved ones around me, my uncles and aunts, my mom, my dad. My mom, I always say my dad gave me the business acumen, my mom gave me the love and told me every day and sends me letters even to this day and text messages and, and comes in and sees me and says, I just wanted to tell you, your mom loves you more than anything in the world. So those two people, my sister, have done a lot. And then, you know, Al Levy really taught me to have a plan, build an org chart make sure you have manuals that tell people how to win the day, have key performance indicators that teach them the scoreboard, make sure that you tell people what's going on, have a depth chart because you don't want anybody holding you hostage in case they win the lottery. Um, And and so he came in and taught me to be more organized, have meetings that matter. And then since then, I just, I I hire a lot of consultants. I, um, I have a gal named Janie Smith. She wrote the competitive advantage. Um, and uh, they were at actually a clope convention and she's coming in on Friday with her team to, to help us. One of the things we're focusing is instead of measuring everything we do for profitability, conversion rate, average ticket, we're learning to start focusing on what's important to the customer. Where are our customer key performance indicators? You know, like did we have a recall? Did we get the stuff on time? And and those are the differentiators that customers care about. And uh, so there's been a lot of them. Mark and every book that I've read, you know, when you ask me who's my consultant, who's the best people I've worked with, I I could I look back at my bookshelf here. And I'm like, There's a lot of them. How much time you got? Right,
0: that was the first thing I noticed when you logged on the video was all the books in the background. Yeah, you know, I read two books a week. I have for thirty years, and I'm uh, like you. I'm passionate about about reading. Uh, you said something about your mom though the the, the belief and the love. Uh, I told my son. Uh, recently he has two daughters I said I love you more today than I did yesterday but not as much as tomorrow and he stopped and he said what he said say that again so I said it again he goes geez that's great I said well and now I noticed he he posted it on social media recently I'm always amazed we underestimate the power of the the gifts our parents gave us, you know, you said you got certain things from your mom and certain things from your dad. And uh, we're a composite, aren't we? We're a composite of the books we read, the people we associate with and the people that had a profound impact on our life. Have you ever considered writing your parents a letter telling them that the great things you got from them?
1: You know, it's interesting. I'm going to put that on my, on my, actually, you know what, here, here's the thing with me, Mark. Is when we get off of here, I'm not going to just put it on a piece of paper, I'm going to put my time on my schedule to do it and yes. get it done. Yes, but uh, but that's a great idea. And what I gave my dad, my dad is doing great right now, so I don't want this to sound too bad, but I mean, he was in and out after COVID, and I mean, he has was on oxygen, everything, and, and Jesus did a miracle, but it you know, the deal was he got, I got a phone call one day from my sister at 6 AM and I'm like, what's up? Cause she's in Milwaukee. So it was two hours later and she, and she never calls me that early. She's bawling. She's like, dad's oxygen just dropped to under 70 and he's, mm. he's, he's not conscious right now. And everything with me, I was bawling on the way to the hospital, everything just emptied. And I prayed so hard to give me more time with him. And, um, there's nothing like that to come that close, and then to to be able to do things. And it's uh, it's interesting because I don't I don't realize death very well until I'm there. When my grandma died and my my best friend, I didn't cry anything until I saw her, and then it was like I couldn't speak for two days. And this right. twenty years ago, but um, it's important to let people know how we feel. And you know you know tomorrow's not promised. One of the things I say here at work is this is the best we've ever been and the worst we'll ever be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because you know, you can't, I love them so much. And, and it's so hard to be able to express my love all the time. I I struggle sometimes to express my love in the ways that they express their love. And uh, I need to work on it. It's something that uh, I'm definitely going to do more of. And I appreciate you asking that. Well, I, uh,
0: my mother was sick with cancer uh, in 2010, and I realized that the clock was ticking, so I wrote her a letter, 10 great things I got from you, and I mailed it off to her. And the first one was, you make a great cup of tea, because she was British. And number 10 was, did I mention the tea? Right. And so uh, two weeks later, she called, and she goes, Mark, it's mom. I said, hey, mom, what's up? Received your letter parcel Post. It was lovely, brilliant. I've shown it to all my friends. It made me cry, love. I made her cry, but you know, when I was a kid, I made her cry, but not tears of joy, <laughs> right? And so I'm I'm in the process now of uh, preparing a TED talk, and that's going to be the topic. So uh, I will tell you that that will change the relationship in a positive way. If it was good, it'll go to great. If it was great, it'll go to outstanding. Uh, and I've been encouraging people to do it because I've done that. I've written those letters to every person that ever had a profound or positive effect on my life.
1: So, I love, uh, one thing I want to tell you, Mark, that, that I gave my dad the other day is, is I gave him an iPad and I said, there's a program on there and reset it up over here. But But I said, Dad, you know, when I was a kid and the worst thing I ever lost in my life was... I didn't see my dad when I was 16 a lot because he had moved to Arizona with my sister. I mean, I I was, I was 13, 1996. So he had moved to Arizona with my sister. So every day he'd record on this cassette tape and send it to me once a month on verses of the Bible and what he's learned in his life. Nice. And, but the damn thing is I had it in a storage unit when I was like 20 and 25 in the storage unit. But I said, dad, that, that was so profound. And I said, please, um, sorry. I know we're running out of time. No worries. Um, but I said, dad, please, after this COVID thing happened, I need you to start. And I text him this weekend, start making videos. I want to know about yes. when I was a kid and Kia was a kid and what you loved about your childhood and tell me about your mom and dad and tell me yes. about your brothers and sisters. There's nothing better than making a video and a time capsule that I could just go to when I'm having a tough day or, or when I have a kid, what it's like and all these things. So, You know, Mark, what I would tell you, and I got, I'm going to do exactly what you just said, but if you get a chance, just, you got a phone, you got a Google, hopefully drive, just, just make a video one day and say, you know, when you were a kid, this is what, you know, that stuff is just, it's the most amazing thing that if you could somehow make sure that he he gets that if something happens, there's nothing better. There's no better gift after you're gone. I've written
0: 400 pages of essentially a memoir right? Of my first job, my first bicycle, all that. I have that. that, That'll probably be the next book. But the book I just released, it's called An Old Light Through New Windows, 52 Questions to Change Your Life. And I just launched it on Amazon. I'm I'm mailing copies out to clients and friends now. Uh, I wrote it as a love letter to my grandkids. It's the questions that I want them to ask and answer, you know, navigating through. What's it called? An Old Light Through New Windows, 52 Questions to Change Your Life. I'll send I'll you a 10 co- copies. Oh, all right. Let's let's talk after the podcast and I'll get your address.
1: Yeah, I'd love to buy it. No, I'll buy it from you. Um, yeah, no, Mark, this has been fascinating. I love I love great podcasts and people that are amazing like yourself.
0: Well, let me just say, Tommy, your future is so bright it burns my eyes. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna need shades when we meet.
1: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Thanks for making the time, my friend. Uh, I I know this won't be the last time we talk. It'll probably be the first of many times and uh, make it a great day unless you have other plans. (laughs) No, it's been great, Mark. Thanks for letting me on today. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454. Or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.